Hey, welcome back to another episode of Between Sermons, where we get to continue the conversation from our Sunday messages and uh, and really turn that monologue into dialogue, where we get to go a little bit deeper, get a little more practical, and, and find out what people that aren't paid to preach uh, think about the stuff that we're talking about. And uh, so today I have with me my good friend, David Beasley. Welcome back to the show. How you doing, sir? I'm doing fantastic. It's a little cold outside. Yeah, it's a little chilly. It's uh, uh what is it? It's negative five right now, according yeah. to my watch. Yeah, and that's uh, it. <laughs> that's, uh, you know, yeah, it was, it was a struggle this morning. It was a struggle, but we made it. We, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. No. How many Teslas on the side of the road did you, you know, pass on your way in? No. I didn't see any, but I heard it's uh they're struggling. Yeah. A little apparently, bit. Well, our our producer is uh, at twelve percent right now, so she's a little a little concerned. Yikes. But uh, she'll be all right. Yeah, she'll make it through. All right, we'll, we'll pray that God supernaturally recharges the <laughs> Tesla battery for her. Yes, yes. Uh, but uh, <laughs> we we have a lot of cool stuff to talk about today. Uh, we are in a series uh, about kingdom, and and really this concept of kingdom. We're, we're talking about citizenship of that kingdom, and so we had to talk about the thing that Jesus talks about second most. So the thing he talks about the most is kingdom. And then uh, second, he talks about money a lot. But anytime we're in a church setting and you talk about money, it makes people uncomfortable. It does. Uh, yeah. And so and I've, I've got a couple of theories for, for why it makes people uncomfortable, kind of two directions for it. But I'm, I'm curious your take. Why, why do you think, well, for, first of all, I guess, how does it make you feel when, as, as somebody that's sitting in the auditorium mm-hmm. when the, the preacher is like, all right, let's talk about money. Like, what, what's the first thought that goes through your head? Are you like, are you there for it? Or are you like, oh, here we go again? To me, it depends on the context, right? Okay. It depends on the individual. If I know this person or the history behind the preacher or the teacher, whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. And it, it depends on the situation. Yeah, so yeah. Um, it depends. So here at our church, I know that uh, our heartbeat is uh, is to serve, right? Uh, mission, you know, when it comes to missions and individuals who are in need. So when money comes up here, I have no issue because I know yeah. like the motives and intentions are, are pretty much pure, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, depending on where I'm at and depending on the situation. Like for me, I have a thing. It's just me. A thing that when a message is concluded and God is moving, I feel some type of way when the preacher says, all right, we're going to sow into this. Let's mm-hmm. uh, yeah. let's get a uh, for because we read from Romans 15. Everybody get a fifteen dollar seat. <laughs> and we're going to give oh, this 15, oh. <laughs> you know, just oh, to coincide with the with the verse or something. Like I've seen that before. Yeah, so. Yeah. It depends on the situation. So it's various reasons why I feel like people can see uh, money being mentioned as a uh, as a form of being uncomfortable, as a moment of feeling uncomfortable. But yeah. for me, that's that's how I feel. So yeah, yeah no, I'm 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 with you on that. I, I think uh, well, does does how well the preacher's dressed ever affect you? Like <laughs> I, it, it's affected me, and like I don't know. There's something about a preacher wearing a Gucci belt uh, <laughs> that then talks about giving, and I'm just like, mm, I don't know. Uh, it could be. I mean, I, I could am, see am that. Am I just shallow? Is that, is, is that, that's a Brent issue. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, <laughs> hey, it's a personal preference. It depends. It yeah. depends. The mo- What's the reason why the money's being raised? Yeah, I feel yeah. like if com- communication is key. Yeah, yeah. So if that individual said, you know, we want to give to this mission, give to this, this, this ministry, give to this, you know, this issue over here, then okay. And then I pray that they're using those funds for that purpose. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I can see that, especially if that's a constant, yeah. a constant topic that they touch on. Yeah, I can yeah. see why that can be a little bit troublesome. So, yeah. yeah. So I, I think so I said I had a kind of a theory that goes in two directions, but I think it's summed up in one thing is misalignment. Mm. 
Mm. So I, I think that when, when you're sitting there and the preacher starts talking about money, it'll make you uncomfortable because of misalignment, either yours or theirs. Uh, and so that's kind of the two different directions. I think the, the issue is kind of what you talked about uh, of, you know, Romans 15. So we're going to have a $15 seat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, ain't nobody leaving until, you know, we're going to pass yeah. the offer the buckets a third time. Yeah. <laughs> all, all of that stuff. We, we have seen so much uh, stupidity uh, in the church uh, at large uh, when it comes to misappropriation of funds, mm. uh, when it ta- comes to, you know, the, the motives behind things and, you know, I, I need you to send me money so that I can buy a jet because, you know, I can't be flying you commercial. Know, commercial. I need I need my <laughs> own. It's that kind of stuff. It puts such a bad taste in, in people's mouths and mm-hmm. or in minds. And so it, it really comes to this misalignment thing. And if, if you've been in a church world or you've been around somebody that is misaligned with what Scripture really talks about and what the real purpose of of Jesus talking about money is then because of that church's misalignment, it gives you a bad taste. And so now you kind of judge everybody. So it's like you could be in a healthy place. Mm -hmm. And the moment they start talking about money, it makes you uncomfortable because you remember all the unhealthy Mm -hmm. or, and this is, this is what may get uh, people riled up is sometimes it's your own misalignment Mm -hmm. that, you know, Jesus talks about money so much because uh, as we're going to get into money tries to become your master and if jesus is king he's supposed to be the master and so if if there's something vying for control in your life between jesus and something else a lot of times that something else is money and when when a preacher starts talking about that thing it's a it's an area of weakness it's like you know if you've got a sin issue in your life and the preacher's talking about all kinds of other sins you may sit there and be totally comfortable totally fine but the moment he mentions the sin that you're dealing with all of a sudden it starts to get a little bit more, mm-hmm. I don't know if I, I like this place that I'm in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that for a lot of us, uh, we get uncomfortable when a preacher talks about money because we recognize that we have an issue with money, that, that money has a control in our lives that it shouldn't have. Uh, and so because we're misaligned with what scripture talks about when it comes to money, the moment it's brought up in church, it's, it's like you've got a sore spot and the preacher starts poking it or the Holy Spirit yeah. starts poking it. Yeah. So I, I think it comes down to that misalignment thing. Uh, yeah. So it could be, somebody else's or it could be our own and so we just have to evaluate that as we as we go through it yeah when i hear alignment or misalignment i just think about the word alignment in general and just like you know like a vehicle being on Mm -hmm. the same you know going the same direction and not veering off course yeah yeah so if y'all if our hearts are in our mindsets and our thought process can just get on course and be in the same direction as god's word then i think you know there'll be a lack of uh misalignment it would be more harmonious right yeah. it'll be a little bit it'll be a little bit more easier to actually go into the direction that god wants us to go into yep. as it pertains to our finances yep. but uh, like you said sometimes it's our experiences yep. right we've had experiences and and I've, I've talked to my wife about this sometimes in, in regards to just being a believer sometimes when you hear the word christian uh, depending on your background <laughs> just the yep. word can automatically make you guilty by association, dependent yep. on the person's history yeah. and dependent on who's talking to you and, and, and whose mind is thinking, okay, you say you're a Christian. When I heard Christian, I think this. Yep. So when they when somebody is in church and they hear money uh, because they grew up in maybe a particular dom- denomination, they went around certain people, they heard certain messages. Yep. When they hear money here, their their mind automatically goes somewhere that's yeah. not helpful or beneficial because of their history. Yeah. So you get, you get defensive. Get because defensive. You're on, yeah, you're on edge on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the last sure. time I heard this, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Now, let me see. And they, you know, they start paying a little bit extra attention, 
and then yep. start paying more attention to what's happening yep. and to the how to you know the like you said the pastors dressing or what they're driving and things yep. like that because of their history so yep. you know misalignment happens for various reasons but that's one i've seen yep. plenty of times the, yeah. the the sad thing about that is so this this morning uh before the show i wanted to pull up the the message from sunday to mm-hmm. kind of refresh my memory because i wasn't the one preaching it so if we're gonna have a good conversation about it, i want to pull it up so i just i tried to do the fast easy thing i went to youtube I knew the title of the sermon was Kingdom Finances, so I just typed in Kingdom Finances real quick, and I had to scroll through so many videos that honestly would make me angry, mm-hmm. like if I was just sitting there listening. I mean, so many videos of, you know, it was it was Kingdom Finance was in the title in some way, but then it was like a tagline of like how you can become a millionaire today. Uh, one was how you can become a billionaire using Kingdom Finance uh, principles, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, okay, if our motivation is to become millionaires and billionaires and all yeah. that, like, man, there's there's some stupid stuff out there and then and every single one of those videos was made by a guy that has tons of money that is driving the nice cars has the big house and it was it was one of those where it was like he's trying to teach other people it's it's like the the guy that writes the book you know how you can get idiots to send you twenty dollars uh, mm. to become a millionaire today uh and yeah <laughs> you wow. get it like yeah. it's it's one of those where like he's profiting mm. off of somebody else's desire to yeah. to understand something and so like scrolling through all those videos like I, I get it. Like, I get why you you come to a church and the preacher starts talking about money and you're like, oh, here we go again. Yeah. Motives and intentions. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a reason why those type of videos probably have a lot of views yeah. and have a lot of traction um, and they're popular. It's because of the motives and intentions of our hearts. Right. And the key the key word is kingdom. Mm-hmm. So our kingdom um, our mindset has to be in line and has to uh, be on track with the kingdom, right? Yeah. And if you look at the kingdom, like even look at the principles of Jesus, of course, the scriptures teach it's more blessed to give than to receive. Yeah. But even with that mindset of if I, if I, if I fall in line with kingdom principles, I'll get, yeah. I'll get, I'll get, and I'll get. Yep. Um, and there's no room for giving, right? Yeah. Because giving is sacrificial, and there's no room for sacrifice if your motives and intentions are listen. I got to get as much as I can out of this. Yeah. It's almost like any business model that's like, okay, what do I get from this? Yeah. When, the, when, the, when, when you first approach a situation, you're sitting at a table trying to make a deal with somebody, whatever it is. A lot of times in the business world, sometimes our mindset goes straight to, okay, what do I get out, out of this? What's, what, how does it benefit me, my family? Yeah. How does it benefit my pocketbook, right? So that mindset honestly is counter productive and contradictory when it comes to kingdom principles, right? Because the kingdom is all about others. It's about God first and others. So it's all about motives and intentions is what I hear when I, when I see that. So I'm with you. Yeah. It's, it's hilarious to me when, when a preacher will start using, uh, Paul, Mm -hmm. like a, like a, a, a letter from Paul to teach principles for how you can become wealthy. I'm like, do you, like you're quoting a guy that had nothing like, like he he wasn't rich how how are you using the principles of a guy that didn't have a lot of money to try yeah. and teach other people how to have a lot of money yeah. like it just doesn't make any sense to me yeah so i don't know yeah. I, I, we got to we got to move on cuz I'll, I'll just get into that vein of just yeah. like oh this is it can stupid. go so many directions cuz then you have the uh, the yeah we're going to move on but it can, <laughs> you can have the poverty gospel too yeah, so yeah, you yeah. have the the prosperity yep. gospel which is off but then you have the poverty gospel which yep. is like Broke, busting, disgusting. You yeah. can't go to McDonald's, yeah. like Pastor Jerry no, said, yeah. whenever you want. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, the less you have, the more holy you are. Yeah, yeah that pendulum swings both ways. So, balance. Yeah. 
Damn, kingdom balance. That's, that's what I like. We need kingdom that's balance. Like. That's what we need. <laughs> so I've got a scripture that um, I want to read that I, I think is going to shape a lot of uh, our understanding when we come to kingdom finances and why this is even an important subject. But uh, how this scripture came about uh, for us is, is kind of cool. Um, so we're in this 10 days of prayer and fasting. And so what we've chosen to do with our family is uh, at our normal dinner time, uh, we have our Devo together. Mm-hmm. And so it's 10 days. So we took Ephesians and Philippians because Ephesians has six chapters. Philippians has four chapters. Do the math. That's 10 chapters. We got 10 days. We can read a chapter a day and get through two books of the Bible. Uh, And so it's easy for our kids uh, because I've got a 13 year old and 11 year old and an uh, eight year old. And so keeping things simple for them. So uh, I think it was uh, it was two nights ago now. Maybe uh, we did Philippians chapter one and Jaden, my oldest, uh, so when we do the Devo, everybody has to, we, we use soap. Uh, mm-hmm. so it's scripture, observation, application, prayer. Uh, and so, uh, each kid has to, or each member of the family has to choose one verse that kind of jumped out at them. What's their observation about it? What's their application? What's their prayer? And so this was, this was Jaden's verse, uh, a couple of days ago, Philippians chapter one, verse 27 says, above all, you must live as citizens of heaven conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ mm. conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news of, about Christ. And I just, first of all, I love the fact that my son, like he knows what series we're in. He knows what we've been talking about. Uh, he has to listen to sermons cause he's on camera most Sundays anyways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just that his mind immediately went to, Oh, this verse talks about this citizenship thing that my dad just preached about. So mm-hmm. let, let's pay attention to this. But Uh, I think this whole idea of because there is a kingdom that Jesus clearly talks about more than anything else. And the, the understanding is that when we become believers, we get grafted into uh, this new family. We become citizens Mm -hmm. of this new kingdom. And as citizens, we have to live a certain way and we need to conduct ourselves in a, in a manner that is worthy of this good news. And how we conduct ourselves as citizens should affect everything in our lives, but especially this area of finance. Uh, and so as citizens, and so that's, that's what I want, I hope people will get from this conversation and even from this, this message on Sunday is how do we look at finances through the lens of I'm a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And so as citizens of the kingdom of heaven, we should have a different priority structure. We should have a different, we should have a different relationship with finances than the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, kind of, I just, I just want to give that out to kind of shape this, this conversation. Yeah. Citizenship, citizenship. That's key because um, you reflect where you're from, right? You yeah. should at least. Yeah. That's the whole concept of ambassadors, yeah. being an ambassador, like exactly. you preached on um last week i believe mm-hmm. right um we're representatives of a whole different kingdom so of course the way we operate think function should reflect where we come from and who we represent right yep. so that what i hear that you know when i hear the word citizenship it causes me to automatically detach um from a foreign mindset yeah, yeah. and attach to um the kingdom that i'm naturally a part of due to my stance and due to my relationship with Jesus Christ, right? And that automatically should cause us to reflect and respond differently to every situation. Yeah. So that's a concept that, that we have to meditate on. And it's something that I believe that we kind of ignore because we're so anchored here. 
-hmm. we're anchored to earth right yep. um it's hard to be uh it's hard to set our minds on things above it's hard to mm -hmm. uh, store riches where they matter because we're so used to and comfortable being where we are mm -hmm. and we have no unfortunately even me i can fall into a place of not having a real desire to see kingdom uh, influence and kingdom uh, mindsets and things expand in a way as they should. So yeah. I have to reflect on that more and more. I think we have to be reminded of that. This yeah. is actually a gut punch to the flesh, right? Yep. And to our hearts to realize, okay, listen, we live here and we should care. Here's the thing. It's hard sometimes because we don't want to avoid the responsibilities that we have here. Right. So scripture does encourage us to store up for the future yep. as being wise. Look at the uh, look at the ants, how how mm -hmm. the ant stores up while it's harvest, yep. I mean, you know, because eventually it's going to, you know, it's, it's going to get uh, it's, it's not going to be the way that it is. Don't be like the sluggard. Right. A little yep. sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Mm -hmm. Then poverty will strike on yep. you. Then want like an armed man, like yeah. the Bible warns us against being lazy. It yep. warns us against these things. But these are all these are also kingdom principles. Yep. Thinking about them from a kingdom perspective, why are you storing up? Are you storing up to just fill your barns so that you can have plenty? Yep. Well, Jesus told a parable about that. Exactly. And he told that man, listen, your soul would be required of you today. Yeah. And who's yeah. going to get the stuff that's in your barns? Yep. Who's going to get it? Nope. They're going to go to who? Who knows? Maybe family, maybe not. In our in our country, they can go to your family if it's, if you've if you've uh, designated it to do so, or it could go to the government, and they can do whatever they want to do yeah. with it. And at the end of the day, you can't take it with you. Yeah. So that's a mindset we have to have and understand. Like a kingdom agenda is a kingdom is a mindset that's set on loving God first and loving others. Yep. And that's reflected in all that we do, especially finances. Yep. Especially. I, love it. Yeah. I think you hit it on the head when you when you said, um, you know, we still wake up here. Yeah. Right. So like it, it, it does become more challenging for us to think kingdom mm -hmm. when it, you've got a boss that's breathing down your neck for a deadline that yeah. you, you're struggling to hit. You know, it, it's hard to be kingdom minded, uh, even when it comes to finances, when you're like, I've got a bill at the end of the month mm -hmm. that I don't know how I'm going to pay. Uh, you know, when when you're like, hey, I know I need to be making these decisions financially, but I also have a kid that needs braces. Mm -hmm. Like, how, how do I how do I navigate, you know, wanting to be a part of kingdom mm -hmm. uh, while still having to operate on an earth that is, I mean, money, money makes it happen. Right. Yeah, like yeah. money is the thing that drives everything. And so uh, I think even when it comes to this concept of kingdom finances, the challenge really becomes, you know, how do we do both? How do we, yeah. how do we navigate the things that are necessities of life, while still having this this mindset? And I think that's that's the challenge for a lot of people. Yeah, the motive I feel like, well, the uh, the 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 aim should be our motives and intentions, right? Mm -hmm. God really judges the heart. Man looks at the outward, God looks at the heart, right? So, our intentions matter. You can approach all of those situations with a kingdom mindset. Yeah, our motives can be listen. Mm -hmm. Yes, kingdom first. So how do we do that? Um, we, we set aside finances to serve the kingdom yep. off the top. That shows where our heart's posture is, right? Yep. And then what? The Bible tells us if if a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. So you have to provide. That's a kingdom mindset yep. right there. Laziness is anti-kingdom, yep. right? Um, each man should have his own job. And work with his hands so that he can have something to help those in need, Paul said. Each yep. person should work not just for their own benefit. Even though, what did, uh, what was read last week? 
He gives us everything to enjoy. So that, too, is a part of the kingdom because God wants us to enjoy the fruit of our labor. And Mm -hmm. Jesus said a laborer deserves his wages. So all these things are kingdom mentalities that need to be balanced out. So taking care of that child who needs that tuition paid for. If you don't work, you don't need. You have to make sure that child is taken care of. If a man doesn't provide for uh, his own household, right, he is denied the faith. And worse than an unbeliever. So we have to understand that there's a balance there that kingdom menta- the kingdom mindset can be applied even in moments of trying to save, even yep. during the moments where you have to provide for family, and even during moments where you want to go on a vacation. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's all a thing, or it all comes back to the motives and intentions of the heart. And God honors that and God blesses that, I feel. Yeah. So yeah. So so I love it. But um so PJ, uh Pastor Jerry on Sunday talked about um uh, it's the passage in Matthew where Jesus says, can't serve two masters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I love the principle there when it applies. It, it's applicable to more than just finances. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, th- I think I drew that out a few months ago in, in a series that, hey, sometimes we just we just narrow this down to money. Mm-hmm. And then we just kind of do whatever we want with everything else. And it's like, no, 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 you can you, you can only have one master in every area. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I love that Jesus does tie this back into money, because if anything is going to be fighting for control over your life, it's probably going to be money. Uh, and so you can't serve these two masters. Uh, and, and he even refers to them as masters because, uh, you know, we, we understand from Scripture there's a spirit behind uh, greed. Uh, and so that that spirit is trying to master your life, mm-hmm. is trying to, to be in control. And, and so we have to approach um, finances from this idea that there's only one master. And we need to make sure that we're putting our faith and our trust and our hopes in him, not in the financial side of things, which when we do that, it does lean us into this greed. And so what, what do you think is, is kind of the struggle for people? Why do you think... Uh, money tries to master, or I guess a better way to say it, why do you think uh, money is so successful mm. in mastering so many people? Yeah. If we just, uh, <laughs> I have a joke. Me and my wife have a joke. Um, we wake up, and it's, it almost feels like when you wake up, you owe somebody $100. That's okay. just, because money is just, every time you turn around, you need to use it for something, yeah. right? Every time you look up a bill, you look up, oh my goodness, something broke. Yep. My son needs something. Oh, my goodness, the tire's tripping. Whatever the case, we use money consistently all day, every day. We really do. Even while we're sleeping, money's working. Mm -hmm. So we have what? We have direct deposit. We have automatic withdrawals. We have compound interest when money's working, when we're resting. That's a good thing, right? However, what we fail to realize is that money, the Bible says money answers all things. Of course, we know that doesn't. money can't save you. What the Bible is telling us is that we need money to solve a lot of the problems in the world in regards to necessities, like yeah, yeah. basic needs. And we need money. Right. So because of those reasons, sometimes we misconstrue or we misunderstand money's role in our lives. Yeah. Money is never designed to be Lord. Yeah. There's only one Lord. Yeah. And when we think of the word Lord, we think of ruler. We think of master. We, c- we think of the one who's in control. And that should be Jesus. Yep. The reason why money sometimes replaces G- or tries to replace Jesus in our hearts and in our minds is because money is so involved in so many things. Mm-hmm. And because it leaves so fast, we feel like we got to do yeah. whatever we got to do to get more of it. Yeah. 
and store it up yeah. as much as we can. Yeah. And, and yes, we should work. And that's why the balance has to come in. Yes, we should work. There's nothing wrong with doing that. But at the end of the day, it's a struggle at times when inflation is on the rise, when, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we, when we have uh, it's hard to get a house and and everything is just cost so more. It's, it's, it, things today yeah. uh, cost way more than they did last week. Yep. <laughs> that's how it feels. Right. So it's that temptation, that subtle temptation to allow money to rule and reign yeah. because of the mm-hmm. needs that we have. Legitimate needs. Yep. We really have needs that need to be met, but we have to understand in our hearts and minds, there's only one Lord and one master yep. and money is not the source. That's the issue as yeah. well. Yeah, it's a resource. Money, money is supposed to be a tool right. uh, that we use. The, I think the challenge there too is, you know, you talked about needs and yeah. yeah, we have needs. The greatest need in everyone's life is salvation from their sins, Facts. but we can't see that. We can't touch that. We don't feel that most of the time. Uh, and so it kind of puts it in that, like, yeah, that's the most important need. But right now I need food. Mm-hmm. Like right now I need shelter. Mm-hmm. Right now I, I need to pay this bill. I need to buy this car. I need to. And, and so sometimes those those I don't know, more tangible needs become the most important thing in our lives. And, and while we know Jesus is the only one who can save us, we kind of push that off to the side. It's like, well, you know, salvation for my sins. I ain't thinking about that right now. I'm just thinking about I got to put food on the table. Mm-hmm. And so we get distracted by. Uh, the 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 biggest need in our lives or what we we uh, deem as the most important need where yeah. it really isn't, you know, because you, you can go hungry and still go to heaven. Uh, but, you know, if you <laughs> don't facts. have salvation from your too. sins, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter if you're hungry or your belly's full. Mm-hmm. If you don't have Jesus like so, that's the greatest need. But we, we put that aside because we're so distracted by these other needs mm-hmm. that, man, it just it, it, it does. It vies for that control. And and so when you look at, OK, who's going to solve the biggest need in my life? Is it going to be Jesus or this money? And I think a lot of times we end up putting our trust in the money. And saying, well, you know, Jesus is nice, Jesus is good, but the money is what's going to pay the bills. Uh, and so I think we get, it's almost like a distraction technique that the enemy uses to say, oh, well, I can, I can solve the biggest problem in your life uh, with some more dollars. Right. And it's like, no, that's not actually the biggest problem in your life. Yeah. Um, and the biggest problem in your life can't be solved with money. Mm-hmm. And so we make Jesus our master because that's the only way to heaven. Yeah. We also don't want to overlook or forget about the fact that comparison is real as well Ooh, so that comparison trap is very real so keeping up with the joneses whoever they are and whoever they're trying to keep up with we don't even know we never say that part (laughs) (laughs) who they try to chase right um we have to understand that part as well trying to compare and trying to be like those around us due to where we should be based on someone's uh expectations and their dreams and goals it could be parents Yep. It could be ourselves. It can be our coworkers. Whatever the case may be, right? Um, we have to remember that comparison trap is real as well, and we we underestimate the fact that the love of money is the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. And you'd be shocked what people would do and are willing to do yep. that they don't even talk about, that nobody will find out. So they think you'd be shocked what they might do to get another zero on that check. Yep. Um, and we have to check our hearts. Yep. No pun intended. We have to check our heart in those moments so that we can say, God, I want my mind and my heart to fall in line with you. And I'll go without right without money. Yep. I just can't be, go without you. Right. Yep. So that's key. That's yeah. key as well. That's why I love fasting. Fasting is is reminding my body. Yeah, there's something that you you think you need mm. more than anything else. And that's food. And yeah, my, my body needs food. But I can go 
you can go 40 days without eating That's and true. be okay. Okay. Uh, and so, man, th- th- is this really the greatest need in my life? And so I love fasting. Uh, I hate fasting. I should, I should be honest. Uh, cause I like to you love eat, what it produces, but I love the purpose, the, the, the process, there the principle of, of fasting that <laughs> it's saying, you know, what my body is telling me it needs. My spirit is saying there's something you need more. Yeah. Uh, and so it's just that redirection. And yeah. so, yeah, I think when it comes to this this whole money thing, we we've got to get it right because yeah. it it does it distracts us and it pulls us away from uh, submitting to God. And I love uh, I think it's um, uh, man, who do we have in uh, here recently? Uh, Joe Sangal. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he when he talks about money, is like if if you don't have margin, you have no mission because what ends up happening is you have to say no to God because you have obligations financially that you have to say yes to, or mm-hmm. else you lose your home, you lose your family, you lose all this stuff. And so you, you've, you've, you've submitted to this new master and you have to tell God no to something. God's like, I want you to go on a missions trip. I want you, I want you to go travel uh, and preach the word in another country. And you're like, but if I, if I did that, my job would fire me. If my job fires me, I can't pay the bills for this house. And so I, I can't do what God wants me to do. Uh, or God's like, hey, I want you to pay for this person's groceries. And you're like, I- I'm about to put my groceries on a credit card because right. I don't have enough right. uh, in the mm-hmm. account. And so you, you have to say no to what God is instructing you to do, which means if you're saying no to one master so you can say yes to another master, I hate to break it to you, but you only got one master and it ain't Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and so we, we've got to get this this whole concept correct. And I think uh, one of the, the big points uh, that Pastor Jerry brought out was that generosity is is the— I don't know it's the way that we combat greed. It's the only way we can overcome greed in our lives is through generosity. What, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, generosity causes you to not think about self. Mm-hmm. It causes you to step outside of your own world and in your own bubble. Yeah. It starts seeing that there are others around you who are in positions that they wish they can trade places with in regards to your life, right? Yeah. Um, that's that's like the greatest generosity is a is a great way to destroy pride not just allowing us to help get our finances on point it'll it'll give us the correct perspective on life right seeing someone else in need and being able to to utilize your funds and your income and your you know your overflow to help others helps you realize that the mission and the purpose of living and the purpose of, of, of money is bigger than just us getting a new pair of shoes yeah um and that's key. That's why uh, when they asked Jesus, what are the, what's the greatest commandment? And he said, you know what they are. <laughs> but but, he, he, but he, he, went on, he, he, went, he went on and told them, the greatest commandment is this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself, right? Mm-hmm. We want to love God with everything we have, and we want to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. So if we love ourselves, what do we do? We, we make sure we're taken care of. Yeah. We make sure that we have food on the table. We make sure we have clothes on the back, on our back. We make sure that things are, are met in our lives that need to be met in order for us to survive. Yeah. God wants us to reflect that same mindset and heart posture to those around yeah. us. Yeah. And that happens through being generous. Yep. That happens through being hospitable. That happens in ways that causes you to say, I'll go without so that others can have what they need. So generosity is key because it causes you it causes you to step outside of yourself and see others um, the way God wants us to see them. Yeah. Right. So I don't know what we would be without generosity. Jesus, God is the most generous for God so loved the word that he gave. Yeah. That's the first thing. That's what he did. 
and that giving uh, was the very way he saved us all right yeah. so yeah I, I love this this concept of generosity i love that you know jesus says it's more blessed to give than to receive right. and i don't know about you but i've I've been selfish with my finances at times and regretted it. Like I've, I've had buyer's remorse, right? Like yeah. you, you spend money on something. You're like, Oh man, I really shouldn't have done that. And, yeah. and it, it, man, I don't know about you, but it, it like messes with me. Like, especially if it's a larger amount, mm-hmm. like it's like, man, I shouldn't have, shouldn't have done that. And man, it was so, so wasteful. Yeah. You know, I didn't really need to do that. All that's all this kind of regret. I have never felt that when I was being generous with somebody else. Like if, if I'm doing something for myself, there's regret, mm-hmm. there's remorse. There's like, man, I shouldn't have done that. Never once have I felt that way about being generous with somebody, giving to somebody else. I've never come away going, man, I wish I hadn't have done that. That was, man, I shouldn't have done that. I've even given money to somebody who it was scam. Like it was, it was basically like, you know, I, I'm desperate. I need help. And it's like, man, here you go. And then two seconds later, they're telling the same story to somebody else. And it's like, oh, you didn't really need help. You're just, this is just your get rich quick scheme. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I, even then I didn't regret it because it was like, no, I know my heart behind this like my motive was pure yeah. like I wanted to be a blessing to somebody and even the fact that I, I gave to somebody that didn't really ended up needing it that was just manipulating I didn't regret it like it, yeah. it, even in the slightest and maybe that's maybe that's wrong I don't know maybe I'm an idiot uh, but it just I think it's this, this principle of it's more blessed to give when when we operate in generosity I do think it kills something inside of us that yeah. that needs to be put to death uh, I think that the more we operate in generosity like you said pride uh, comes crashing down that greed that that self uh, motivation of like I, I need I need I need mm-hmm. right when we all of a sudden put the needs of somebody else above our own there's a beautiful thing that happens and I think in that moment we're more like Jesus than in any other moment when yeah. we sacrifice what we want to be able to give to somebody else yeah uh, I think generosity is a beautiful thing yeah you start realizing that what you have isn't necessarily just isn't yours yeah like um, that that's the principle yeah, right there. That's the principle. What you have isn't yours. Yeah. It is not just for you. Um, I think about that when it comes to the, you know, the fact that every now and then I reflect on how God has blessed me and my family, um, home and things like that, and we utilize it for others a lot of times, hosting things and being yeah. hospitable and people having a place to come and getting into the Word together and praying and worshiping or whatever the case may be. And then I step back and realize. That's one of the reasons why we have what we have. Yeah. We have this or we have that so that we can help others and bless others. We live what we live so that we can be in close proximity to individuals who need what God is doing through us and not just us, all of us, right? Yeah. That neighbor that, that you may have, that coworker that you may have. You have the extra 20 because the coworker needs gas. Yep. It's true. <laughs> you have the extra, uh, you know, you have the extra... Who knows? Whatever the case may be, the extra coat in the closet, yep. because you know that 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 coworker or that family member needs that as well. Whatever we have, it's not just for us to store up. Yep. It's for others to have access to something that they need as well. Yeah. And money plays the same role. Money yep. plays the same role. Yeah. Absolutely. And and you hit on something there. Like so the the whole concept of kingdom finances, mm-hmm. it comes down to this word stewardship. There you go. Um, and, and there's so many parables, so many stories, so many conversations around money that leads us to this understanding of it's not ours. Yeah. And if we will just approach it with a mindset, th- this was a game changer for me years ago when, when I realized my money wasn't mine. 
uh, and I and I just I stopped even you know thinking of it in the terms of this is mine. What do I want to do with it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I realize everything in my life belongs to God. Right. My kids belong to God. My spouse belongs to God. Everything in my life belongs to God. So now I need His permission and His blessing in what to do with it. Yeah. Because uh, I don't ever want to misuse His stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and to use his stuff for my own personal gain, it, it feels horrible. Like mm-hmm. it feels dirty. Mm-hmm. Like that, that is the, the worst thing I could possibly do. <clears throat> and so I just, I want to make sure that in everything that I'm doing, I'm recognizing it's not mine, it's his. And when it comes to generosity and greed, it is really easy to be generous when it's not yours. Right. Like I I love what PJ said, you know, I can be really generous with with Carlton's money. Like I can (laughs) I can be super generous with somebody else's stuff. Uh, And so if we start looking at everything that we have on our own as it's not really mine, I'm just stewarding what belongs to God. Now, all of a sudden I can be generous with it because it isn't mine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That causes me to reflect on the fact that uh, that everything that we have should be used in a way that shows us that it's easy to like let go of it right yeah. uh, we forget about the fact that idolatry is real as well so yeah. um the bible talks about covetousness and paul took it a step further he called it idolatry why mm-hmm. because to covet something is to crave something that's somebody else's yep. and wishing it was yours yeah that same principle can apply to our money yeah given what you just said because it's not really ours yep it's his. Yep. So coveting, even after the money that's in our own bank account, um, because it really belongs to God, is something that we have to actually guard our heart against. Like we have to guard our heart when it comes to coveting to use that extra three thousand to 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 book um, this trip. No wrong with nothing wrong with the trip, nothing wrong with the vacation. But if God put it on your heart, and yeah. only you only you know that. Yeah. <laughs> if God didn't. Enjoy the trip. Yeah. <laughs> That's no legalism yeah. here. There's no, no like, Go this, on vacation. Is, a, this just, is no Pharisee. Just don't use vacation money if God is telling you, hey, right. I want you to do something else with that. Right, right. You're like, no, no yeah. forget that. I'm going on this vacation. Amen, right. That's it, the issue. Right. There's no Pharisees here trying to create rules and getting you to j- jump through hurdles and hoops. <laughs> Go to Disney. Have a good time. Have a great time, right? <laughs> but if you know God is saying, that's extra two, 3000 take about... 800. Oh, man, I know you haven't been to Disney. If you think that's an extra two or yeah, three thousand, yeah, maybe something. Yeah, book. I said to book something, <laughs> okay, not the go. whole thing. <laughs> there you go. Okay, <laughs> to book it, right? Uh, if God has said, you know, that that three thousand you got, don't use that to book. Yeah, take about five hundred of it. You take your, you know, you go do something nice for you with your family for a day. Yeah, maybe a weekend. Take the rest and give it towards this ministry. Give it towards this individual who needs a new car. Yep. You know they need a new car. Give it towards that 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 other this mission trip. Whatever the case may be, we have to stop coveting even things that we already possess yeah. and holding on to it in such a way that we refuse to share or, or extend yeah. the benefits of it to others around us yeah. because that is idolatry, yep. right? And if we take it to 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 its to the further to its further extent, the way that Paul does, the way that the scriptures do. We can't help but see it for what it truly is. But yeah. sometimes we try to sugarcoat it and downplay it and approach it like it's not what it is. Yeah. But at the end of the day, a lot of the times it's it's idolatry, right? Yeah. And we want to avoid idolizing things that yeah. don't belong to us, yeah. even if even if it's not even if it's in our possession. Yeah. <laughs> 
we're idolizing it because it truly belongs yeah. to God. So, and and I get, I get the pushback. I, yeah. There's somebody listening to this podcast right now going, "That's stupid. Like it is mine. <laughs> I worked for it. Like right. <laughs> the the paycheck comes because of my work. Because I went to work on time. Because I did a good job. Mm-hmm. Because I worked hard at this. So it absolutely is mine. And I just want to lovingly say, no, it's not. It's not. Like who got you the job? Mm-hmm. It it was God. Mm-hmm. No, it was it was my my resume and my work ethic. Okay. Who, who gave you the opportunities before that, that padded that resume? Who, who put breath in your lungs this morning so that, that you could get up and go do that job? Yeah. It was God. Who enabled every circumstance? Who created this world that you're able every You can trace everything back to God. Mm-hmm. And even if, even if that's not the process, when you recognize I am a citizen of heaven, I am the citizen of a king, mm-hmm. guess what? The king declared everything in your possession belongs to him. Mm-hmm. So you can fight him on it, Mm-hmm. but he's king. Mm-hmm. So, so there is no other choice but to say, yeah, every, everything in my life, it doesn't matter if I was the one that earned it because of my hard work, it still belongs to the king because the king said so. Amen. And, right. and so we just, we've got to remember that. And I, and I get the pushback and I get somebody sitting there going, yeah, but I worked really hard for this money. Good. You should. That's, that's why God put it in. Look at all the, the parables that Jesus tells about finances and how, you know, every time the, the servant that just buried something or the servant that just said, you know, I, I know you're cruel and, right. and all this, so the I talents. didn't do anything with yeah. it. Like, uh, uh, they're like wicked. You're yeah. horrible. Like you did not work with what I gave you. So yeah, absolutely. You're supposed to work, yeah. work hard, mm-hmm. uh, but recognize that it's not yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, I think that this, this ties into another principle that this becomes, I think the 2024 stumbling block for people. And it's this word tithe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause there's a lot of teachings. You scroll through YouTube and you're going to get lots of teachings. that are going to tell you, Hey, tithing. If your church tells you to tithe run, cause that's, you know, that's an old Testament principle. And that means that they don't really understand what, what's going on. And mm-hmm. man, I, I get all, all those arguments I, I've said for, for years, look, if you don't want to tithe, I'm fine with that. Like if, if you think that's just an old Testament principle and it doesn't carry over the new, um, I'm totally fine with that. As long as you understand what the New Testament principle is. And the New Testament principle is generosity. Generosity. And so the issue I have is anytime, and we talk about this anytime we talk about finances, my issue is anytime somebody tries to say that generosity means doing less than what was required by law. Uh, and so, yeah, we're not under the law anymore, mm-hmm. but why would the abolishment of the law mean that you get to do whatever you want mm-hmm. and generosity now becomes whatever you define it as? Yeah. That's just stupidity. And that to me, that's just greed. And so, uh, you know, I, I say it all the time. Generosity begins at 11% because one through 10% is just returning back to God what he's already asked for. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, generosity begins at 11. But there's this idea that I, I wanted to kind of hit on PJ hit it a little bit on, on Sunday, but uh, I kind of honestly, I, I wish he had kind of pushed on it a little bit more because this idea that a lot of us, we, when we grew up in this tithing mentality, mm-hmm. it came across as, as long as I give God 10%, mm-hmm. I can do whatever I want with 90% mm-hmm. that, that my obligation to the King is over at 10%. And as long as I've done my part, then I'm free to do whatever I want. But tithing, this principle is recognizing 100% of it belongs to him. So I automatically give him the first 10th because that's, that's what we read in scripture. Mm-hmm. So I'm submitting that to him. And then from there, I'm asking, what do you want me to do with the other 90%? Mm-hmm. And the believer that lives life, not consulting God on the 90% because they think, 
hey, I'm good. I'm clear. I already gave him 10. Mm -hmm. Now I can do whatever I want. Man, I, I feel like that person is is blinded to this idea of stewardship and master servant relationship. Mm -hmm. And if 100% of it belongs to God, then I need to consult him on what to do with the 90%, not just with the 10%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. How's that strike you? Yeah. See, first of all, I want to touch on the fact that, you know, the generosity piece, I believe maybe it was you to preach this um, a while ago. Um, how does the New Testament takes things up a notch yeah, yeah. in general? Yeah. So the Old Testament tells us the Old Covenant, of course, which is still holy, tells us don't commit adultery. But yeah. Jesus said, don't even look with lust. Yeah. Because you commit adultery in your heart. Takes whatever the law was and, and, and turns it into a heart issue. A heart issue, and, right. And the, and the reality there is the heart issue is way more complicated, way, way more, more difficult than mm -hmm. than the, the outward appearance yep. of it. Yep. To hate is, is you know, equates to, to yeah. murder, yeah. right? So we have to be mindful of that. So if he took it up a notch then, of course, generosity should be viewed in the same manner, yeah. of course. So downplaying the seriousness of it is an issue. Um because of the fact that generosity, like you said, starts at the tenth, and the prince, if like I, and what you said earlier, is also key. If you don't agree with tithing, fine, but the principle is something that should still be applied, yeah. um, because the principle sets our hearts up to be generous. Yep. So after the tenth, we feel like, okay, God, we 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 bless. You know, I've given my tenth to you, and yet you still provide it. Hmm. For me, I would see it as. God, I wonder how much more of a blessing can I be and how much more can I bless others with the remainder? Because you took care of me with the 10th. I want to see how you're going to take care of me even with this 90 as I'm using some of that to, as a form of a sacrifice to bless and help others as well. That's something we have to be mindful of, too. Looking at the 90 as it's just ours literally causes us to look at generosity like it doesn't matter. Generosity now all of a sudden is reduced to just a to-do list, yeah. checking things off yeah. on the on the list and saying, God, okay, I, yeah. I did my part. Yeah. Now I'm good. Yeah. When in reality, generosity, like you said, starts at the 10, where well, it starts at 11. And that 11 can be that neighbor next to us, like I said, or that person we see on the street all the time, or that, that, that commercial we see on TV. And we're saying, you know what, I want to give to that. But no, I gave my 10. I don't need to. Um, I, I think it's even worse than yeah. that because I, I think what happens is people will equate the 10% as their generosity. Yeah. That I have been generous exactly. because yes. I gave the 10%. But that's just obedience. And yeah. I think there's a difference between obedience and generosity. Yeah. You, you have obeyed scripture in giving the 10th. Now is your chance to operate in generosity. Right. But when we deem that first 10th as we've been generous, that means that I, I can choose not to be generous with the, the rest of it, yeah. which that's a horrible way to live, live life. Yeah. And, and so if you get to a place where you're like, well, I've already I've already done my generosity thing. I've already matched scripture because I've done the 10. Mm. Like, it, it's funny because when I when I talk about tithing, I, I do have some old school Christians. They're like, oh, man, Brent, mm. Brent kind of just doesn't even care about the tithe anymore. Like, man, that's 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 kind of rough. Mm. And uh, I'm like, man, I'm actually, I'm kind of with Jesus on this. I'm making it harder on people, not not easier. Like, yeah, yeah if you don't want to tithe, don't tithe. Yeah. But I expect you to give more than 10%. And, yeah. and everybody, anybody that's ever come to me arguing, hey, the tithe is not a New Testament principle. Without fail, that person is giving less than 10% uh, and, and operating in less than generosity. 
Not even, and I don't even care if if you, if you don't trust us, don't tithe at CLC, like tithe, tithe another church, Mm. do it, do whatever you need to do. Uh, we're going to be transparent. We're going to show you everything that you want to know about the finances. We're never going to do something crazy, uh, with the money, but if you don't trust us, look, I'm not, I'm not trying to, to get more money for the church. I'm just trying to help people understand a principle of generosity and kingdom and where money falls in that is it's not mine. I need to steward what God has given me. I need to operate in generosity because that's what Jesus told me to do. And that's why transparency is key as a church. Yeah. As a church. Um, You know, you know, this church, humble brag, (laughs) is very transparent, right? You all um, share what's going on, why we're doing it, where it's going and how it's going. Yeah. That's something that we don't see growing up, right? Yeah. Well, I didn't see that necessarily like I would have liked to growing up in church. Yeah. Um, you have a meeting about the, the finances. Yeah. We want to give to this. And we start it, yeah. but we don't know what's happening, how it's going, what's the uh, progress and things like that. Yeah. So understanding and knowing where the money is going can encourage us and encourage people to say, you know what, this is good ground. Yeah. Um, but what I also like was the fact, so tithing off the top. The extra, starting at 11, being generous. I liked how Pastor Jerry mentioned the fact that you can give to anywhere you feel led. Yeah, yeah. For a pastor to say that shows the heart posture of the leadership. Yeah. And that's for any church. Yeah. Because a lot of times you see storing up and hoarding money isn't just a, a pew thing. Yeah. That's a pulpit thing, too, a lot of times. Yeah. And, pe- and some churches want to store it up for themselves as well yeah. for whatever reason. But the fact that an option was given so you know what? Give to this fundraiser. Give to this company. Give to this cause as well. These are things that show generosity, not just in the pulpit, but it also shows a generosity, uh, minds, a generous mindset and heart from the pulpit. Yeah, and that's a something that's something that's amazing as well. So, um, yeah. just realizing that generosity can be done in a plethora of ways, in multiple directions, is also key. So, yeah. yeah, and and the the reality is we we operate the same way that we tell people to operate. Right. So, like as an organization, Christian Life Center, we uh, we tithe as well. Mm-hmm. So the first tenth that comes in uh, immediately automatically goes into missions. That that's our way of tithing. Uh, but that doesn't mean that we only give. So like if uh, we have a business meeting, we do once a year where we just give the financial statements right. to whoever co- comes to the meeting. It's usually, I think, the second Sunday in February or right around that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's coming up in, in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that, you'll be able to see, hey, the church actually gave more than 10% mm-hmm. to missions. You know why? It's because we automatically do 10% and then we operate in generosity. Mm-hmm. Like, so the first 10th, we don't even think about it. It's automatically set aside. It's automatically uh, used uh, to further the gospel mm-hmm. through our partners around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you'll see that, okay, CLC actually ended up giving 15, 20% in emissions. How did that happen? Well, because when we tell you generosity starts at 11, we operate that way too. Yeah. Like our generosity begins at 11%. Yeah. So, so we don't claim to have been generous with the first 10th. We claim generosity after that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, we're never going to ask people to do something that, that we're not doing ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean that from a personal standpoint, like me and my wife, mm-hmm. we're never going to ask somebody to do something that we're not doing personally. Right. But as an organization, the same thing, yeah. uh, because we, we want to honor God's word and yeah. we want to honor what if, if we're challenging people to do something, but we're doing it for our motives or to like. 
it, it's funny, you know, the my my paycheck doesn't go up or down Sunday to Sunday, depending on how much people gave. Right. Right. Like it's it's <laughs> yeah. not affected by it. Now, if, if giving is down for a long time, my salary would be affected by that. Sure. Mm. Um, but that's also because as a leader, I would rather take a pay cut than have to fire somebody because our, our bills can't be paid. Yeah. Um, now, thankfully, CLC is a generous place and we've, we've never run into that issue. But mm -hmm. uh, basically, the point of this is it's not for our benefit. It's not what we're trying to get out of it. I love PJ used to always say, you know, when we talk about tithing, it's not about what we want from you. It's what we want for, for you. you. Yeah. Uh, and this principle, it really does affect your life. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Amen. <laughs> so uh, yeah this so this is uh this is a fun subject matter to talk about but i'm, I'm curious so uh we'll, we'll kind of wrap up with pj's last point was about using our money to do good uh yeah. and you know there's the old joke of you never see a hearse pulling a u-haul like you, you can't you can't bring any of it with take you, it with you. Yeah. Uh, and so what are you doing with your finances today to do good um around the world uh in your community in in the neighborhood in in the lives of, of family members, all of that. And so that's really the challenge that we put out there for uh, our people is, is to do good. It's one of the values here at CLC that yeah. at CLC, we do good. Um, and a lot of times, you know, that does have a financial component to it. Like uh, scripture even talks about how, you know, if you, if you uh, see somebody that's hungry and you just say, Hey, God bless you. I'm praying for you, mm -hmm. but you don't actually feed them. Right. Uh, then you, you know, that's not love. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't give them a clothing when they were cold, like that's not love. And so we want to operate in a way that, uh, yeah, it takes money to, to be able to put shoes on, you know, all the, the women in India in our, that we did a couple of years ago, the Beautiful Feet campaign. Uh, you know, it takes money to send some of the dental teams to Uganda and, and to uh, other places that we've done. It takes money to build the water wells. And so uh, sometimes doing good doesn't require money. Sometimes doing good is just being with somebody, sitting with them, right. uh, letting them cry on your shoulder. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times... In order to do good, mm -hmm. you need some money. Yeah. And so, what what does that principle look like mm -hmm. in David Bees's life? To totally gonna get personal. Just just jumping <laughs> in there. Tell me all your dirty business. But uh, no, like, so how how do you as a family uh, operate in this principle of of using your finances to do good? Two things. One, we just we want to make sure we're on the same page as as God is, right? So we try to be attentive and aware of what the Lord is leading. Um, especially when we get um, extra income or things, you know, unexpected blessings and things mm -hmm. like that. We want to be a blessing with the blessing. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and also, we don't look for anything in return from the from individuals. Yeah. So Dave Ramsey says this and um, I agree with this, you know, um, when he says it, people, you know, they call into his radio show and they'll ask him, you know, I want to give somebody a loan on this and blah, blah, blah. How should I view it? Or, and um how should I go about doing it? Well, we anybody that knows Dave Ramsey, he doesn't really rock with loans at all. So he'll yeah. say, just give it and don't expect it back. Yeah. If you're going to give it, make it a gift. Yeah. Don't make it, don't hang it over that loved one's head yep. that you're going to, that you need that back. That's something we apply. Yeah. If, if, if an individual in our family or a friend or whoever the case may be needs something, we never say, I need this back. Yeah. We never say, please, you know, where you, you know, we needed that for the mortgage. We needed yeah. that for this bill. If we don't have it, we don't have it because mm -hmm. I'd rather not give it to you because we genuinely don't have it than to hound you yeah. and, and be another debt collector that may be a, 
that may be bothering you. We don't want to do that. So we yeah. want to we want to give without expecting things in return, and we just want to be a blessing. Yeah. So just being a blessing is another thing we try to do. We try to find ways and moments and opportunities to be a blessing in a way that doesn't just bless the person receiving, but blesses us as the giver. Because yeah. if we don't feel like we need it back, we feel like we're being blessed right there because yeah. we had enough access to bless somebody else. Yeah. So, and we also, like I said earlier, we want to be in tune with God. Uh, maybe almost a month ago, me and my wife, so from the house budget and then my wife has a business. So I felt led to give a certain amount from the house budget. Just I just felt led to. Mm -hmm. My wife felt led to give a certain amount from her business budget. We talk later. I come to find out. I say, you know, I gave this today. I felt like, you know, the Lord wanted us to do this. She said, really? Because the business gave this much. How much? The same exact amount. <laughs> the same amount. We didn't talk about it or anything. Now, we, you know, we had a you know, little rough patch, you know, financially. The stuff happens. And we, in my mind, I was trying to hold on. Yeah. to as much money as possible, preparing what could possibly happen in the future, things like that. It happens to all of us. Yeah. Just trying to, you know, be responsible. Yeah. Save. I felt led to give. And I'm questioning God. God, okay. Yeah. Now I'm trying to be wise. Yep. I'm trying to store up while it's harvest. Yep. Because, the, you know, the cold is coming. Um, or it could come, whatever the case may be. But I felt led to give from what I felt like was lack. Yeah. But it wasn't lack. It was still access. Yeah. My wife, the same boat. She did the same thing. Literally, the next day, no exaggeration. I won't go into the details, but the next day, God answered and responded. Yeah. That tells us and teaches us time and time again that God provides and God takes care of us if we, well, he'll do it, but we, it's very important that, he, that we are in line with and in tune with his voice and his guidance and his leading. Yeah. Giving in a sacrificial way under his leading and guidance is something that we try to practice daily and consistently yeah. and giving in a way that shows that we don't need nothing back from you. Yeah. We're not giving. And we want that same mindset. And I want to encourage others. That's the same mindset we should have with God. Even though the Bible says give and you get it back. And those who sow sparingly will reap sparingly. True principles. Yeah. The issue is I feel like sometimes we can distort that in our own hearts and minds and say, I need a million dollars. Yeah. So I'm a give. 10,000 if yep. I got it because hey if I sow sparingly yep. I reap sparingly but if I sow generously I reap generously yeah. that's a principle that shows yes that's a principle that applies period but your heart posture shouldn't be the casino mindset right yeah God is not a uh, God is yeah. God is not a is, you know you're not yeah, putting these, into are, these a, are not stock options it's, it's not yeah. yeah you're not this is a principle that God follows and reaping um, reaping bountifully may look different yeah it may not be it may not be finances yeah. it may be a whole different thing that god does as a response to your obedience and your sacrifice yeah so i'm starting to realize like more and more in our home being in tune with god and when both of us are in tune with god me and my wife like we're on one accord god blesses that right yeah. and being able to give in a way that says yeah god bless i don't need anything back in return um, and having that same mindset with God because he's yeah. not a genie. Yeah. So these are things we try to apply in our lives. And God has never, ever, I mean, never. Yeah. When that happened, I said, I looked at my wife, my wife. I said, can you believe like God literally never lets us down? Yeah. Never. He promised to. And we can look back and see he hasn't. The track record is perfect. Yeah. But sometimes you can be fearful and wonder, God, I don't know. But he showed himself. 
strong yet again like he always does yeah. and that's something that we you know we remember and try to apply every time yep. we face a situation and just in general just being a blessing yeah so yeah for for me my my mindset with it is um you know when, when scripture says that we need to store up treasures in heaven mm-hmm. uh, i take that that to heart and so when when i look at how can i do good my number one priority or my emphasis my my thought process is is my generosity in this moment going to result in somebody going to heaven mm-hmm. uh, and so i i lean very heavily in that direction now i know people that lean very heavily into meeting you know needs here on earth and 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 all that and i'm i'm not against that i'm not opposed to that i've used the quote all the time of you know it's really hard for somebody to hear the gospel over the sound of an empty stomach yeah. uh, and so like we we do need to meet needs here and and yes we should alleviate poverty here it's part of our our value system as clc when it comes to missions and what we're trying to do alleviating poverty is a huge thing but for me it's it's always comes down to is this going to result in or can this result in souls being saved yeah uh and so we approach a lot of our generosity uh in that mindset and so uh you know if we've got a neighbor that's not a believer that needs help we're, we're going to be more inclined to help them in that moment because it may be the thing that opens a door to have a conversation. Hey, why would you do that for me? Oh, mm-hmm. I did that for you because Jesus tells me to. Yeah. Um, and so it, it may open a door where we can present the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I give um, first and foremost to organizations around the world that I know uh, either personally uh, or we have enough relationship that I know the good that they're doing. And so like I'll, I'll send money to One Hope uh, who's given God's word to every child on the planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an organization we can't really talk about much around here called Elam, uh, but it's because they're, they're working mm-hmm. in uh, Iran and, and a few other places where it's actually dangerous for their workers. So we can't publicize things yeah. like they'll send us newsletters like do not post this anywhere. Right. Uh, so like I'll give towards them. We've, we've got um, uh, partners in Israel that are, are working in, in some dangerous places uh, even right now. And so mm-hmm. like my, my heart, it, it goes immediately to those, those places. Cause it's like, okay, if, if my hundred dollars here or my hundred dollars there or whatever can actually impact somebody's eternity, mm-hmm. I want to do that more than, you know, uh, just a, a, whatever kind of temporary need. Cause yeah. uh, you know, like we said earlier, mm-hmm. you, you can still go to heaven with an empty stomach. Right. Um, but I want to prioritize those things. And, and I try my best not to, you know, turn a blind eye to tangible needs mm-hmm. um, because I, I do, like I said, you know, it's, it's hard to hear the gospel over the sound of an empty stomach. That's so right. I want to make sure that I'm doing whatever I can. So if, if somebody's hungry, I'm going to feed them. Right. Uh, but my priority or where my heart immediately goes is how is this making a kingdom investment? Right. Uh, and I don't mean that as investing in the church. I mean, investing in the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. that there is somebody that as a result of this giving is going to, I'm going to be able to see them in heaven one day. And right. for me, that would be the greatest joy, yeah. but, uh, doing good. It's, it's man, there's, there's a lot of ways to do that. And I think every person has to prioritize, you know, what, what ways am I going to do good? Am I going to prioritize family? Am I going to prioritize neighborhood community? Is there uh, is there a cause that just breaks my heart? You know, it, you may look at the trafficking thing happening in the mm-hmm. world and go, I have to do something about that. You may be driving down the streets of Chicago and seeing the homeless and just going, man, I got to do something about mm-hmm. this. But whatever God has put on your heart, 
Um, we need to be people that are in a place financially where we can do something about it. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm not on board with the, the poverty gospel. Mm-hmm. I'm not on board with the prosperity gospel because mm-hmm. so much of the prosperity gospel becomes me, 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 me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am about kingdom. Mm-hmm. And, and so I want to make sure that my finances are, I'm handling them in a way, or I'm looking at them in a way of saying, God, what do you want me to do with this? And if you want me to, to sell my car and get a beater, I'll do that. Um, if you want me to downsize my house, uh, I'll do that. Whatever you want me to do, I I don't want my comfort to be the deciding factor on on what I do with finances. Um, and if, if I need to eat rice and beans for a while, uh, because we made a commitment to, to give more towards missions, I'll eat rice and beans. Uh, like we'll, we'll do whatever we have to do, um, to be able to, to view money, not as master, but as a tool. Yeah. that we use in service of the true master. Yeah. I don't want, uh, you know, or I want to encourage individuals also to not minimize anything either. Don't yeah. minimize your impact. Yeah. So some people can, you know, they can approach scripture generously, you know, hit generosity. And they can think I have nothing to offer. How can I be generous? Right. Um, God blesses, uh, God, God, God blesses even the, the smallest amount you give the, because the widows might, the right? widows might, right? She gave more yeah. than anybody here. Yeah. And that's all she had to yeah. give. Um, even though those in their riches, they gave from that access in their riches, but God noticed the heart posture yeah. of the lady, the widow who gave that, who gave what she had. And I don't want anyone to minimize their impact because it's kingdom. Yeah. Any investment into kingdom agendas will reap a kingdom reward. Because God sees the motives and intentions of the heart behind yeah. you. So don't minimize because I don't have this much or that much or whatever the case may be. Or if if only I had, yeah. I would. God wants to utilize you where you are. Um, and what, he wants you to watch how that impact and that sacrifice goes far. Yeah. To the point that, Lord willing, that day when you see Jesus face to face, you'll also see the individuals who are blessed by your sacrifice, as small as they may have been. Look at what the results were, right? Yep. So we don't want to minimize that at all. God wants to bless whatever you're willing to sacrifice. Yep. So I, I love it. It's yeah. beautiful. I think as citizens of heaven, mm-hmm. we just have to look at finances from that perspective. Right. Uh, and so if it's not mine, uh, if I am submitted to a master, mm-hmm. I'm just stewarding what he's put into my life mm-hmm. to steward. And if he gives me more, I'll steward that. If he gives me less, I'll steward that. Steward I'm going to be faithful with whatever he's given me because mm-hmm. uh, it's not mine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Paul said, I've, I've learned to, to be content in all in circumstances. All if, if I've got, if got more good, if I got less good, yeah. uh, cause it doesn't matter. The, the stuff doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's my relationship with God that matters. Yeah. And as citizens of the kingdom of heaven, that's how we must approach finances. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, it really comes down to trust. Are you going to trust money as your master or are you going to trust God as your master? Mm-hmm. Uh, where's your trust? Are you trusting the bank account? Are you trusting the paycheck? Are you trusting your employer uh, or are you trusting the God of the universe? And so for me, I'm going to trust the God of the universe. I'm going to trust the King of Kings uh, who reigns well over this kingdom. And uh, as a, as a citizen of it, I'm submitted to the King. Submitted. Amen. That's it. Good stuff, man. All right. We got one more message in this series Mm -hmm. on kingdom. So we'll see you next week for that. And then we got our, First Love Conference is going to be a wild, crazy uh, weekend coming up. Uh, We're going to have a good time. Uh, Some awesome stuff on the horizon. Hope to see you there uh, and hope to check you out on the podcast uh, next time. See you.